Well, hello, everybody. And for those who don't know, I'm Jeff Jones, a lead pastor around here. I'm on study break right now. And as many of you know, if you've been around, I do that every year. Please pray for me. It's the most important time of the year as I prayerfully plan for the future sermon series as well as just directionally uh, where God wants our church to go. And I look forward to coming back in a couple of weeks. But today we start a new sermon series and we're starting it off with a bang. The sermon series is, is called Don't Leave Home Without It, which is about developing our new normal as we go from this coronavirus season, even though I know we're still in it, uh, as we begin to emerge out of it at some point. Uh, what do we want to make sure that we don't leave home without? Meaning, what do we want to make sure we incorporate into our new normal so we don't just go back uh, the way it was before? Um, today, we're starting with Bob Goff next week with John Townsend. I'm telling you, I'm spoiling you. Uh, Bob Goff, uh, for those of you who have been around for a while, you heard him speak last year. He's an amazing communicator and speaker. He's also a, an author of Love Does and Everybody Always. Um, he is an inspirational guy. Uh, he's, he's about to blow us away. Uh, next week is John Townsend, and we'll introduce him more specifically next week, but John is also a New York Times best-selling author of a whole lot of books, uh, one of them called Boundaries, and if you've, I, I recommend it a lot, and if you ever have a difficult relationship, uh, Boundaries is a book you need to buy and read and probably memorize, it's that helpful. Um, after those two weeks, I'm back. And I look forward to continuing the series. But for now, let's prepare our hearts for what God has to say to us through Bob. Hey, Chase Oaks, it's Bob Goff here. So glad to be with you. I'm really grateful we get to spend a little bit of time today together. And I love that I get to be part of this series called Don't Leave Home Without It. And it made me realize there's so many things that I never leave home without. You know, one of the things I never leave home without... <laughs> Compass. Isn't that crazy? It was Benjamin Franklin. He said you can tell a lot about a person by what he carries in his pocket. And I always carry a compass in my pocket. Do you know why? When I walk into a new room I've never been in before, I try to guess where north is. Here, try it. Like, look at the count of three, point, even if you're in the living room, point to where north is. Ready? One, two, three, go. <laughs> I cheated. I looked on my iPhone. Hey, north is right here in this room. Check it where it is in your room. And I tell you what, it's easy to get a couple degrees off. I learned this. One of the ambitions that I had when I was in uh, college is I wanted to sail across the Pacific. Isn't that awesome? There was one problem. I didn't have a boat. But we found this janky boat. It cost like a couple thousand bucks. We entered the Transpac race. And here's the thing about the Transpac. You have to steer by the stars all the way across. There's no GPS, no anything. Steer by the stars with a sextant. Well, we got a navigator off a destroyer in the Navy. We had this thing aced until the day before the race, they changed its orders. And guess what? They made me the navigator. <laughs> what a bad idea. I didn't know the pointy end from the blunt end of the boat, uh, but I just figured out how hard could it be. 
So I went to the Marine store and I said, I need a map. They're like, it's a chart. I'm like, whatever. And so I got this chart. I got a ruler and I put one end on Long Beach and the other end on Diamond Head and I drew a line. Makes sense, right? In the upper right-hand corner of this chart, there's a compass rose. And, and so I just figured out what direction that was. And we steered this for the first 1,750 miles out of 2,700 miles. Did you know there's a difference between true and magnetic north? <laughs> there is! And between here and the parking lot, uh, it's a quarter of an inch. But from here to Hawaii, you miss the entire chain a couple degrees off you miss that for a couple days you miss that for a week you miss that this summer and you're going to miss your life by an inch and a half but if you go the next year or two a couple degrees off uh you're going to miss what god has for you and you know what he wants you to do he wants you to find true north again he wants you to figure out what's true and what's just magnetic because that's what fooled me on this chart one's true north other one's magnetic north. And what's magnetic for you? The reason that I don't leave home without a compass, I don't want to get fooled. What's magnetic sometimes is popularity. What's magnetic sometimes is affirmation from strangers. What's magnetic for sometimes is a bunch of credentials after your names. What's true is Jesus. And what I want you to know is that this whole idea of faith in Jesus, whether you feel like you've been hanging out with him forever or you're just seeing other people, what I want you to know is that the things about him remain true. And what he wants you to do is to aim at him. One thing that uh, his disciples asked, there was 12 of them and one of his own disciples went south on him. But one of the disciples says, what's our work? It was in John six twenty nine, And Jesus looked at him and says, your work is this. To believe in the one God sent. Sometimes what gets us off from magnetic to true is that we're trying to add to the, the scriptures. We're trying to do all these things to help out Jesus. And man, baby Jesus does not need your help. He's out of the crib. Read Revelations. What I want you to do is, is to give him your hearts. To just say, if I'm going to square up, if I'm going to really get authentic with you, I need to find true north again in my life. And, and in this past several months, boy, if you're like me, we got really, really turned around. What it's going to do, it's going to take a little patience. First Timothy, it says this, God picked me, the worst of the sinners, to put on display his immense patience. And I'm telling you, I don't know about you, but I make coffee nervous. <laughs> I eat sushi and I don't even like fish. It's just because it doesn't take any time. What I want to do is I want to learn a little bit more patience with myself because God is infinitely patient with you. One of the things that we've been doing is we've been masking our insecurities with a bunch of activities. And I'm telling you, I don't come across as a really insecure guy. Guess what? I'm a really insecure guy. Is that crazy? Like a happy guy? They'd be like, whatever, I'll sail across the ocean. But it really came from an early age. And this summer might be a great time for you to, to trace back and say, where did that come from? When I was a little kid, I was covered with freckles. Man, I'm 61. I'm still covered in freckles. And there was this particularly mean person. I'm not going to give you my sister's name. And, and she called me Spot. And I'm like, that just hurt my feelings so bad. And every time I went by, she's like, Spot. <laughs> 
like, ah, I felt so insecure. And then a person came along. It's Philippians 2.20. It's Paul talking about his buddy Timothy. He said, I don't have anybody like Timothy. He's a guy who takes a genuine interest in the people around him. Well, a person took a genuine interest in little eight-year-old Bobby. You know what they got? They got a Sharpie out. They said, you stretch out your arms. I put out my little insecure arms. And she took this and she started connecting all the dots together. And she made giraffes out of it. And I looked at my spots and I'm like, these things are awesome. (laughs) It's kept me busy for the last six decades, just connecting the dots. What it takes is somebody who takes a genuine interest. One thing I don't want you to leave home without is without taking a genuine interest in each other. And I'll tell you, that's your true north. Jesus takes an interest in us. Emmanuel, God with us. So we could take a genuine interest in the people around us. Uh, You, Emmanuel. (laughs) You with everybody else. And you know why? Because that's how people experience who Jesus is. It wasn't just a bunch of doctrine that he came. You can have awesome doctrine and lousy theology. I want to have awesome doctrine and awesome theology. And loving people the way Jesus did is awesome theology. Take that with you. Bring it with you wherever you go. Know the difference between what's true and what's magnetic in your life. Well, uh, on this trip... We were uh, coming back. There's a thing. It's called the Great Circle Course. It's the shortest distance between Asia and Long Beach for all the ships to come. And there's these horrific stories about uh, big, big tankers that pull into the harbor with the mast of a sailboat hanging from the anchor. They just didn't know where they hit it. It just got run over on the way. And so as we're sailing back from Hawaii from this trip. We're in the Great Circle Course, and I'm like, I'm pretty intense because I feel like I'm in charge of this whole thing. And there's no boats that we've seen for seven days, right? Just pitch black. We don't have any lights on because there's nobody to show us to. And then we see a light in the horizon. The way you know you're on a collision course with another boat is you pick something stationary in your boat and you see, is that light moving ahead of it or behind of it? Because if it's moving ahead of it, it means it's going to pass in front of you. If it's moving behind, it means you're going to pass in front of it. So I checked this light on the horizon, found the point, 30 minutes later, checked again. We are at the same place. We are on a collision course. So I go down below on the radio. I say, hey, boat on the horizon. This is this boat called Koinonia, you know, fellowship. Don't run over me. And I said, we're here. Do you see us? Nothing. (laughs) So I go and check again. Still on a collision course. 30 minutes later, I make another call. Boat on the horizon, because the light's a little bit bigger. Boat on the horizon, do you see us? We're on a collision course with you. And I'm turning on all the lights on the boat. Nothing. I check the, the stanchion. We're still on a collision course. Uh, man, this is serious stuff. I have the people that are with me. There's about 10 of us. We all get life jackets on because we go, this could end, like, really bad. And, and I'm going down below each time a little bit worse. We're both on the horizon as this light gets bigger and bigger. We are on a collision course with it. And I'm down below in the radio, and I hear the people up above, and they're laughing. And I'm thinking, you guys, we are moments away from, like, getting run over by a tanker. Like, there is nothing to laugh about it went upstairs, you guys know what it was? It was the moon. <laughs> it was rising through the clouds. I'm telling you, what I want you to do, 
I don't want you to leave home without having some perspective. Some of the things that you're afraid of, some of the things that, that you might be thinking, you might have some deeply held wounds that, that you're afraid will be exposed if, if people actually really got to know you. I think some of these fears are misplaced. We're the family of God. And if we have a, 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 an idea of who we are and this idea of the, the breadth of forgiveness in our life, we won't start seeing things for things that they're not. If we learn these lessons, if we steer a true course, if we have that kind of a compass in our life and we take it with us every day, you're in great shape. The next thing I don't want you to leave home without is a reason. I want you to have a reason why you're doing what you're doing. And because if you have a job, I mean, that's honorable. If it's bagging groceries or if you're in the Supreme Court, this is honorable work. But what I want you to do is to know why you're doing what you're doing. You might even take a three-by-five card out. What I want you to do is not only have a reason why you're doing this, uh, but to, to realize that your family wants you. They actually don't want your ability to generate income. That might be a need. I don't want to ask, underestimate that. But what they actually, what you bring to the game is you. And I spent a ton of my life as a young lawyer spending running around all over the western United States trying to provide for my family. And you know what I realized? I wasn't providing for my family. What they needed was me. Otherwise, sweet Maria Goff would have married an ATM if she just wanted the cash. But she actually wanted me. And I think so. sometimes what I want to leave uh, with me, never leave home without, would be the reason why we're doing what we're doing. And some of you have been through really hard times. Uh, that's one thing that God never compares what he creates. But we've been a little banged up along the way. Maybe some of you in the last couple months with with the things that are going on in society and with things that are happening in healthcare, care. Uh, and you, you're walking around feeling isolated and banged up. What I want you to do is Proverbs 4.23, and it says this, Above all else, guard your heart. But what I don't want you to do is to get inside the vault and close the door. Because guarding our heart doesn't mean isolating yourself from people. It, in fact, it means the opposite. It's finding a couple people, find a really safe place where you can get real to say, man, I know what it looks like is going on in my life and everything's great. Let me just tell you what it really is. And there's something like that. When we could get real with another friend from this faith community, somebody else that you can just get real with, man, that's where your faith comes together. You not only need to find those places, you need to be those places. You need to kind of create that space around you that, that lets people know that whatever's said here does not get repeated anywhere else. You could try this. Let's do three minutes of authenticity. Invite a friend to meet you at Starbucks and say, for the next three minutes, I'm just going to tell you what it really is. I don't care what it looks like. And I just want you to listen. Don't try to fix me. Don't agree with me. Don't disagree with me. Just be there with me. And then I want you to flip it, and we're going to do three minutes of authenticity. And I don't want you to follow up. I, if I want to talk about it, I'm going to bring it up with you. Start experiencing that in community, and you're going to find the breadth of this body of Christ. You're going to find love. You're going to find acceptance. And you're going to be carving this new little groove in your brain. What I want you to do is take that little groove and go Grand Canyon on it. I want you to know why you're doing what you're doing. I want you to remember the things that have happened. It was Deuteronomy 6. It said, 
Uh, when you're walking by the way with your kids, tell them the things that God's done. When you lay down at night, tell them what he did. When you wake up in the morning, uh, bind them on your hands. Put them in your forehead like frontals. And they had these little boxes. And what they would do, it wasn't just the box. They would put the promises of God in there. They'd put scripture in the box. What I want you to do is take these promises where you've seen that work in your life. Never leave home without a clear idea of what God has done in your life already. And then when you come up against something that's really uncertain, say, man, I don't know how that's going to turn out, but I know how God has been faithful to me in the past. And you know what he wants us to do? He doesn't want us to be the same. He wants us to be one. John 17. It's like he got to put a glass up against the wall and hear Jesus talk to his dad. And this is what he said. Father, my prayer is that they would be one the way that you and I are one. That they would see what it's like between me and you by seeing the way it is between them. When sweet Marie and I got married, they said that two would become one. <laughs> she thought we were going to become her. I'm like, heck no. And we could not be more different. So I get around people. I'm like, people. I, she thinks having me in the room is a lot of people. She's so to herself. It's like seeing a unicorn. That's why you don't see her on this or anywhere else. But you know what? They, well, we're different. We're delighting in this because here's the deal. I'm not trying to be like her and she's not trying to be like me. We're trying to be like Jesus. Imperfect people, keeping it super real, creating safe places, being patient with one another. You see where we're going? Don't leave home without that. Make that your true north. What I don't want you to do is to to leave your faith behind as well. I love in Acts 4.13, it said they saw these uh, Peter and John, and they said that, but aren't these these unschooled, ordinary people? But they could tell they'd been with Jesus. I want to know this. When you hang out with your friends, could they tell you've been with Jesus? And by the way, how would you tell anyway? I'll tell you how you tell. Because there's a sense of peace. There's a, an authenticity that will come from people that have been with Jesus. Man, don't leave home without that kind of peace and authenticity. And if you're feeling a little uptight, man, I, I just get real with that. Just find somebody to say, I'm really feeling uptight. And, I, and then figure it out. Like, what's my next step? I don't know. Maybe get a puppy. What I don't want you to do is leave your family behind. My favorite movie of all time is Hook. And remember, it's a Peter Pan. But he was actually forgot who he was. And he turned into a lawyer like me, right? Peter Pan. And he went back to Neverland, but he forgot that he was actually Peter Pan. And there's this one iconic scene where one of the Lost Boys grabs him by the face and he says, There you are, Peter. What I want us to do, just put your hands up here. I know it's weird, but you're in your living room anyway. Just say, like, There you are. Look in the mirror. Say, like, Sweet love will be you. God has never looked in your mirror and wished he saw somebody else. What he wants to do is to have you see your need for him and to be authentic with your friends and to just not leave home without that kind of authenticity. When we figure that out, we get everything right. And I ran around all over the place trying to help Jesus out. And, and he, again, he doesn't need our help. He wants our hearts. Uh, remember Forrest Gump? He ran back and forth across the United States. One time, two times, three times. And then at the end of the run, he's running through the desert, and he stops. Everybody with him stops. They're like, he's going to say something. And Forrest, in his beautiful accent, says, 
I think I'm going to go home now. <laughs> Do you know what? Forrest Gump had been running at that time for four years, two months, 14 days, and 16 hours. Don't ask me how I can memorize that stuff. I'm a lawyer. What I want you to do is memorize grace and run home. Uh, in Hook, remember, the, the, the pirate is trying to get Jack to not like his dad. He wants him to like the pirate more than his dad. Boy, that is a summary of the gospel right there, the things that distract us. And so they had a baseball game. Do you remember that? And, and the pirates put up signs, and they wanted to say, they meant to say, home run Jack. But they got it backwards, and it said, run home, Jack. I've got three words for you. If you've been running away from the people who love you, run home, Jack. Just get home. I don't know if it's been three years, two months, 14 days, and 16 hours. If it's been 10 years or 10 minutes, continue to run home to each other. But when I'm away from Maria, I just I fly home in the evenings. Uh, I can be in Orlando. I fly home. I spent all this time trying to get her to like me. I'm going to spend time with her. I'm not spending it at a Motel 6. And, and so just run home. Maria and I don't talk about where I am. Is that crazy? Because when, it, when we talked about where I am, I could be somewhere in the Midwest or something, it made us feel far apart. But instead, what we do is we talk about how I am. What if you change it up a little bit? And just say, man, this is how I am. I'm feeling really lonely. I'm feeling really insecure. I feel like spot all over again. And then when you make these things known to one another, then people can speak words of truth and wisdom. I'm not just saying blow sunshine at each other, but just, just actually be truthful and wise and honest with one another. Let them know what's going on in your life. And when you get that right, you get everything right. What I want you to do in addition to this is to just connect with people. Don't go for the low-hanging fruit. Don't find people like me to just connect with. Because I'll be easy to connect with. I'll make you feel like a boss. Uh, but find somebody who's actually uh, been a little bit prickly to you. When love has an agenda, it isn't love anymore. What I want you to do is just love people without an agenda. And you know what? We, we uh, start these schools all over the place. We've got uh, a couple in Uganda, one in Mogadishu, Somalia, Iraq. We've got one in Afghanistan we just finished. We've been in Afghanistan for the last two years. And I'm telling you, this is a place with a lot of turmoil in it. It causes a little bit of anxiousness to be over there, to be honest. I was actually staying at somebody's house in this city in the north, and uh, when, I, when I came back from where I was going, the guy that I was staying with, he looks just like white as a sheet. He's like, I'm like, buddy, are you okay? He's like, no, while you were gone, uh, a man came to the door with a picture of you off the internet and said, is this man staying here? <laughs> I tell you, but God doesn't uh, want us to do things just across the ocean. He wants you to do things across the street. Love your neighbor. I'm telling you, God can use you anywhere and everywhere. What I don't want you to do is leave home without knowing your neighbors on each side of your home. I mean, you got neighbors across here. You got them over here. Bake them a pie. Like, I don't know. Do something to connect with them. We throw a parade every year. The only rule for this parade we throw, and our block's only eight houses long, is that everybody has to be in it. Nobody can be watching. 
I'm telling you, if you want a lesson for the church of Jesus here, I just want everybody in it, nobody watching. We're not here holding up scorecards. It is, we're the bride of Christ. Nobody goes down the aisle at a wedding and holds up a card that says like 7.4, I've seen better. Like, no, of course this is the bride and you're the bride of Christ. And I know we don't always look like the bride, but we are the bride because Jesus said we were the bride. I'm telling you, you guys, Focus on who we are. Make it happen with your neighbors. And just think of a smaller, big thing that you can do. In our parade, we always have a queen. And one of year, our queen was Carol. Carol lives across the street. Carol actually moved into my house across the way. And Carol was a widow and was kind of all alone. And I, I just don't want anybody to ever be lonely. You shouldn't be lonely uh, right now. If you're feeling lonely, boy, let somebody know. Let me know. Like, uh, just find a way to communicate that because we shouldn't live in isolation. Well, as a widow, I, I would call uh, Carol every day just to check in on her. And one day when I called, she was actually a little bit down. And I said, Carol, what's up? Your, your voice sounds a little troubled. And she said, actually, I just got back from the doctor and I have cancer. And we were so sad. And, and so I went to a radio shack. And I got two walkie-talkies. And I put one in Carol's room. I put one in our room. And for the next six months, Carol and I talked on the radios every day. The first time I called her, I said, hello, Carol. <laughs> you have to make the sound. She said, Bob, is that you? I'm like, who else would it be? And Carol and I spoke on those radios every time. And you know what? She wasn't alone anymore. Carol uh, knew that she would be with Jesus by the end of the, the week. And so we made a deal. I told Carol, Carol, uh, she was a big Boston Red Sox fan. I told her, Carol, I'll wear your Boston Red Sox hat for the rest of my life and represent the Sox here on earth. But in exchange, every time Jesus walks by you, you need to mention my name. <laughs> you guys love your neighbors. And I think if we get that right, we get everything right. I'm telling you guys, make it happen right there. What are you going to take with you? A keen sense of why you're doing what you're doing. The direction you're going. And God isn't going to, while he will order your steps, he's going to make them for you. He's going to give you direction. He's going to say, move towards me. Uh, that your work is going to be to believe in the one God sent. It's not that plus your day job. Just believe it. Now, do you need to make rent? Of course you do. Keep your eyes fixed on him. He's going to have you head fake. There'll be a couple distractions that come along the way. Man, don't fall for it. I don't think darkness needs to destroy us. It just needs to distract us. And so don't you get distracted by anything except Jesus. And if we don't leave home without that, if we leave with a tremendous amount of patience along the way, I'm telling you, beautiful things will happen uh, in our lives. And it'll not only happen in our lives, in the lives of the people around us. And so I'm going to leave you with this. I want you to leave you with this idea that God wants your pockets to be full. He wants to fill them up with the right things. You know, there's a, a friend of mine, I teach at San Quentin, and uh, there's a, a guy I've befriended over the years. He was a member of a, of a gang. He spent his entire adult life behind bars. And, and he got out. He'd never held a cell phone before. And he called me up. I was his first call. And he said, Bob, I'm out. <laughs> My buddy, there's not like sheets tied together behind you, right? He's like out the front door. He's like, yeah, out the front door. And he said, buddy, what are you thinking? And you know what he said? I've got pockets. <laughs> of all the things.
stage, and I thought there was going to be some Hemingway-esque thing. And, you know, in a moment of clarity, I said, be really careful what you put in those. Do you know what? In San Quentin, they don't let you have pockets. I, I think one of the things I would leave behind uh, are some of the pockets, some of the stuff that you've left, that, that you've collected uh, over the years, uh, relationships that went wrong, wrong ideas of God, woundedness from your parents. Identify these things because if you don't see it, you can't fix it. So find a safe place. Realize what that is that happened. And I'm not saying make that setback a campsite. Make it a launching pad to say, because I was little insecure Bobby Goff and somebody came and expressed a genuine interest in me, then I can express a genuine interest in you. I put my cell phone number in the back of two million books and I get a hundred phone calls a day. And you know what I say every time when they answer? I just say, how can I be helpful? <laughs> Isn't that awesome? I feel like I'm a Chick-fil-A. But what I want to do is just be helpful. And it's a great way to remind ourselves that loving people the way Jesus did means a life of constant interruptions. So put that as a final thought. Uh, don't leave home without fully expecting that God would put amazing things in your pockets if you'll make room by losing some of the other things. And then expect that God will bring amazing things your way. You know there's 37 miracles in the Bible? You know what the, the 38th miracle is? You. And so walk into today with an expectation of God will do great things in your life. If you're far away from Jesus, man, run home, Jack. All right, you guys, let me pray for you. Jesus, be with this collection of people in desperate need of you, and I'm included. Give us the guts and the grit to keep it super real in our lives, to be authentic about where we are, to know where true north is. And then to steer in that direction, asking for help from you daily and turning to the Word of God every single day to get there. In your strong name, amen. Thanks, you guys. Love you.